0: An A to Z of the Holy Land from Arab to Zion with Ed Kessler, founder director of the Wolf Institute Episode seven G for God This hill, though high, I covet to ascend. The difficulty will not me offend. For I perceive the way to life lies here. Come, pluck apart, let's neither faint nor fear. Better, though difficult, the right way to go, than wrong, though easy, where the end is woe. John Bunyan, The Pilgrim's Progress
1: In a quest to encounter the Almighty, where better to go than the Holy Land? Pilgrims have travelled there since ancient times, often with the scriptures as their tour guide enduring hardship and peril, as John Bunyan depicted. The land is called holy for many reasons, not least because of the accounts of divine encounters between humankind and God that took place there.
0: The call to prayer from the Al-Aqsa Mosque.
1: For Islam, it is the site of Muhammad's furthest journey and ruled by Muslims for 1,250 of the nearly 1,400 years since Umar's conquest. For Christians, Jesus lived, died and rose again there and his first followers preached the good news. For Jews, there the temple stood, the prophets roamed and where now they have sovereignty. The Holy Land is, therefore, a land of religious memory and of longing for the divine, especially in Jerusalem. The Temple Mount for Jews and the Al-Haram al-Sharif for Muslims, for Christians the Hill of Golgotha or Calvary, which tradition identifies as the site of the crucifixion. Within each faith community, different denominations emphasise the sanctity of the Holy Land from different eras. Greek Orthodox Christians recall the Byzantine Empire that ruled there during the 5th to 6th centuries. The white Russian Orthodox look back to the 19th century, the architectural evidence of which remains present. Armenian, Coptic, Syrian and Ethiopian Orthodox Christians, like the diverse Catholic and Protestant communities, recall still other significant eras and events all share the common Christian memory of do this in remembrance of me.
0: A choir visiting Jerusalem improvises in a small church in the Old City.
1: Yet, religious memory quickly become a prisoner of an either-or conflict, with one group locked in a solitary cell, unaware of the other, languishing nearby. Each fettered memory cries out to God to look with favour upon its vision. Unless mindful of different groups' memories and concerns through a both-and dialogue, interpretations of the past, not just visions of the future, generate disagreement. For Jews, Christians and Muslims, inheritance of this past is important to their religious identity, but learning from the past does not require them to live there. In the Bible, 2nd Isaiah, known as the prophet of the exile, spoke about forgetting the past, remember not the former things, he said, for the sake of the future. I am doing a new thing he said. The desire of some religious fanatics to relive the past can bring on a religious madness called the Jerusalem syndrome. This is a medical condition experienced by visitors to the Holy Land, mainly Christians, who suffer psychotic delusions that they are figures from the Bible or have been told by the Almighty that they, by performing certain actions, will herald the last days. One example in 2016 was a Canadian tourist who believed he was Samson and tried to tear stone blocks out of the Western Wall. Around 50 people a year are hospitalized for the syndrome, most at Easter time, when doctors routinely alert embassies that one of their citizens believes he is John the Baptist or King Solomon. More seriously, since God does not have a religion, surely there is benefit in breaking through the confines of the concept. The word religion itself is uncertain, possibly derived from Middle English, meaning life under monastic vows, or from the Latin religio, reverence, or religare, to bind, I don't know, nor do my academic colleagues. But what we do know is that by the fourth century, the concept of religion, as developed by Christianity, represented a practice that committed the believer to a set of rules and beliefs separate from lifestyle but one could argue that by this definition neither Judaism nor Islam are religions.
0: Perhaps we should turn to the mystics for help. Beware of confining yourself to a particular belief and denying all else, for much good would elude you. For God is too vast and tremendous to be restricted to one belief rather than another. Ibn al-Arabi
1: The medieval Sufi, Ibn al-Arabi speaks for mystics of all religions, who tend to talk in the same way because to judge by the writings they left, they feel many of the same things. Even if their terminology differs, they are pilgrims travelling a single road. Yossi Klein-Halevi recounts in his book At the Entrance to the Garden of Eden that he spent time with Sufis in the Holy Land exploring their mystical experiences. God doesn't dance, he is the dance, Sheikh Ibrahim from Nablus told him. In Gaza, he joined Sheikh Abdul Rahim Zikir, or trance dance. Beyond ecstasy, he writes, Zikir had imparted the feeling that I'd found my natural rhythm and could keep spinning inexhaustibly. I was no longer an Israeli with a kippah in a Gaza mosque, but part of the great human wave of surrender. The mystic ways and its beliefs are alluring. There is something in all of us that yearns to be part of the great human wave of surrender. There is also something in us that's easily exasperated by the pettiness of human egos, interests, conflicts, and cruelty that craves a selfless world. But the self, while it can and must be disciplined, cannot be extinguished. Those who deny its claims in the name of divine love, more often than not, merely end up by tormenting it. And tormented selves. Even those who encounter the Almighty will not bring friendship to the Holy Land. Dialogue will not bring friendship either. But it may one day satisfy enough selfish interests to give the region some peace.
0: Swifts returning to Nest near the Western Wall.